Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Today's Tuesday, March 1st, and I am so excited and blessed today to have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world on the show with me today. Dr. Kathy Cook is here, and we're going to be talking about the irreplaceable significance of childhood. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. I'm glad you guys are here. I wish you could have seen the outtakes for this. And in fact, maybe I'll just post it for fun because I just said that it was the 29th of February. And my friend, Dr. Kathy was like, hold up, hold up. It's not leap year. Uh, what calendar are you looking at? And I said, the one in my brain. That was the that was the big mistake I made. But today is the 1st of March. And before I jump into this interview, I want to remind you guys, we've got a brand new study happening at MomStrong International. We've got a wonderful community of women there studying the Word of God with me every single month. This is a great time for you guys to jump in, get involved. Uh, and learn to study the Word of God. We have to be discerning, and we need the discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit, and we don't get that apart from studying the Word and listening to the Lord. So uh, that's my big announcement for today. Also, I've had a lot of questions come in about the congressional run. You guys can see me all over Congressional District 3, and my speaking season is about to heat up. So go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events, and you can see the few places that I'm going to be this year. So I hope you guys will come out and say hello. All right, so I'm very very honored and blessed today to have Dr. Kathy Cook back on the show with me today. She sent me an article that I just found fascinating, and we're going to talk about this today because you guys know I have raised seven children. Uh, My fourth grandchild, a little baby boy, is due on Independence Day this year, so I'm really excited about that. Dr. Kathy loves children, and it is so apparent every time I'm with her, she is a lover of people. God has given her a beautiful heart and a beautiful message, and she's just discerning when it comes to uh, the things that our children need right now. She sent this article to me uh, out of People Magazine. They called it the Brainy Bunch. Parents homeschool their 10 kids with all of them graduating high school at age 12. This brings up a whole big conversation. I'm honored to have Dr. Kathy here. We're going to pick up this topic and run with it. Hey, my friend, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here, Heidi. Thank you for trusting me with your valuable time and your audience. You're very welcome. I'm excited too, because as you've noticed, we've moved to a video platform. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're really growing up. And my staff has talked about whether or not my podcast is going to move to video as well. So I get it. It adds to the, you know, the possibilities for people being exposed to the truth that you share. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I think there's just a great dynamic that we can see each other and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. So I'm glad that you're here. Let's jump right into this because you sent me this article. I read it. I have so many, uh, so many feelings about it, right? I love homeschooling. I know you do too. And, and, uh, and, and it looks like these parents genuinely love their kids. So these are great parents and we're not here to besmirch anybody's kids, but I thought the article was interesting. What caught your eye about this story? Right. They have uh, 10 children and they have all gone to college young. In fact, their youngest is 11 currently in college. And they had some, some of their, I mean, some of their children graduated at 17 and 18 years old and became doctors and lawyers, you know, before they were 25. And, you know, I'm, you and I know that homeschoolers can um, allow children to pursue their interests, uh, children who are gifted and talented, to use the old-fashioned word, children who are um, really capable learners can uh, investigate and explore and take, you know, AP-type classes and do They can credits, excel. And they can excel. But my, the reason I shared it with you is we know there's a lot of new people homeschooling, a lot of people coming into this movement. Um, doing something new and different. And I don't want them to think that this is what you have to do with bright children. Yeah. 
My yeah. biggest concern is the social development, the emotional wellness, the um, the joy. And and as you've said, you know, childhood, we say here, Heidi, at Celebrate Kids, that today causes tomorrow. Childhood comes before adulthood and allows us to really get to know the children and really establish all of their interests and all of their delights. And so the narrow focus that these parents chose for their children or the children chose for themselves, I don't highly recommend it for everybody. I think there's other things yeah. we can do when kids are really bright. I'd love to know what you've done with your kids. Well, one of the things that I thought about this was I was, you know, as I was reading and talking about, you know, these kids have uh, master's degrees in mathematics. Obviously, you know, there's some genetic material happening mm. here that not, every, that not everybody gets. I'm like, wow, you know, Mariana, 16, one of Auburn uh, University's youngest graduate students in health science. She's currently working on getting another graduate degree in horticulture. Uh, their their 14-year-old is going to be a junior at Bellevue University, and her uh, her brother, Thunder James is a college freshman. And my immediate reaction to this was these kids also need a childhood. There's more. We have our entire lives to be adults. And there's a, a huge part of me that's like, why are we pushing our children through the one season in their life that they can literally never get back? You can never get back being an 11-year-old. I've got an 11-year-old. You know Sailor, Kathy. Yes, she loves yes. you. And I cannot imagine that girl sitting behind a you know a computer all day long studying to become a, a doctor right now. I want her to be pirouetting around my house, you know, learning ballet. And last night she was up late playing Legos with her nephews. I want her to enjoy her childhood. And so while I don't want to criticize these parents, I also agree with you that it this is not the standard. And so when we say to parents, uh, this has to be what it is, uh, I I got huge problems. It's one of the reasons why I tell parents as often as I can, I don't think your kids necessarily even need to go to running start. You've got, you know, a, a very bright 16-year-old. Why are we putting your very bright 16-year-old on a college campus instead of spending those last two years nurturing their hearts, giving them opportunities that they'll never get again as a young adults before we push them out into the sphere that is adulthood? I really appreciate that. David Alkines wrote a brilliant book, All Grown Up and Nowhere to Go. Mm. He also wrote The Hurried Child. Both of those books are 25 years old and classics. You know, The Hurried Child and the mental health um, ramifications of that, the lack of family dynamics. To be very honest with you, Heidi, and again, I, I would love to meet these people. There is no way that they know their siblings as well as your seven know their siblings because they yeah. went off to college at a young age and, and became career focused. And the family unit is designed by God, ordained by God before the church. And so it needs to be taken seriously. And, um, you know, the, the fun and the joy, right? You, you and I know, even watching Sailor Period, watching her with the Legos, we learn a lot through play and we yes. discover and we invent and we um, explore. And, and as you said earlier, you can never get your childhood back. Um, yeah. I would, I, I'm going to put something out there. Tell me what you think of this. I would love to see bright children and all children serve. You know, if you've mm. got time on your hands because English has been learned and math facts have been memorized, then serve as a family mm. or as individuals in the nursing homes, in the churches, in the homeless shelters, if you will, in the PRCs. There's other things we can do when our kids are capable. 
Yeah, there really is. And, and, and I would, I would argue that even, even those things, you're not going to get another opportunity to do that. Like you have the freedom of childhood, the free time of childhood. I thought this was interesting, Kathy. There's a, one of the paragraphs says that by the time their kids reached the age of eight or nine, their parents began to prepare them for the SAT. Eight years old. When my kids are eight years old, I'm like, here's what we're doing today. You are going to be tidying up your bedroom. You're going to be doing this list of things. You're going to be helping me come up with what we're going to have for dinner tonight. I I just, to me, it's an awful lot of pressure to put on an eight and nine-year-old to prepare them for the ACT and the SAT and tell them we're going to work on college acceptance. It actually really grieves me. And the more that I read, and they look like, it kind of reminds me of the Duggar family a little bit, right? We held the Duggar family up in such high esteem. I saw these guys out on the road, as I'm sure you did many times. Mm -hmm. And they're lovely people. Their parents are lovely people. But as you just pointed out, uh, it was siblings that were, you know, this, you, you can't, it, it, you, you lose something of family life that you never can get back when you're so focused on all of these other things. And I really think that's what we're seeing here. It, it makes me, uh, it makes me sad to see this little 11 year old kid like, yeah, I'm going to college. You know, uh, it, it actually, it actually agrees. You don't get it back. No, and you know, socially, there's no way that he can relate as healthy as he could to eighteen and nineteen year old peers in the college classroom if he was, you know, that age himself. So no, I, I totally agree with that. You can't get childhood back, you can't get that age of discovery and joy and um yeah, play and all of that. I think it's I think it's interesting. I'd love to hear what you think about this. So these are their eight tips for oh, parents yeah. who are interested in homeschooling. And some of them I, I liked and some of them I was like, I don't know about that. But uh, it's I liked what you said at the beginning, Kathy, was like, I hope parents don't read this and think, oh, my word, you know, because when I started homeschooling and I had all these parents around me that were like, you know, my kid's going to be a rocket scientist. Well, how old's your kid? He's three. Oh, you know, and I'm over here like, hey, kids, you know, show show Uncle John how far you can spit a watermelon seed, you know. Uh, but 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 uh, Kathy, you've met my kids and most of my kids are in their 20s now and 30s. And they're walking with the Lord. They have families of their own. They're pursuing their careers, their careers that they love, and they didn't have to sacrifice childhood to do it. So I'm going to ask you what you think about some of these. So Let, eight I, basic like, tips. Can, yeah, can I, jump may in. I inter- may I interrupt? Um, yes. I want to come back to something you said that I meant to address, and that is that when these children were young, they started studying for the SAT and the ACT. Let me address that before we go to these tips, because I think one of the reasons that your children are well-rounded and many, many thousands of children I've met you know, a lot of people homeschool for the family bond. A lot of people homeschool for the togetherness and for the slowdown and for the um, the interest. Again, in this family, it's clearly allowed children to get interested in things. But I, I love that. The ACT and the SAT, first of all, are almost irrelevant to today's college entrance and college success. The data is very clear that you can get a really high score on an entrance exam and not do well in college. And there are more and more colleges not requiring the exam for that reason. The other thing that really concerns me, Heidi, is that if you study for a fact-based multiple choice type exam, it's information heavy. It's not wisdom. Mm. And what Mm. we believe, certainly as believers in the Lord Jesus, is the pursuit of wisdom, which is the right application of the right information with the right goal for the right reason, et cetera. It's the application of truth. And it's not data in a vacuum. You can get data off of Google.com. And 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 I and I mean that. I don't recommend it. I mean, I think there's other ways to get it, but you know what I mean. So I I, yeah. I think your I look at your children and what you and Jay have done and so many others, and there's a pursuit of wisdom. There's a pursuit of you know is this God honoring? Is this righteous? And and what does this have to do with that? And how might you use it in your future? My fear mm-hmm. is that families who rush their children, even if it's not this extreme, 
lose the very reason they probably chose to homeschool their kids. Do you want to start supporting companies whose products are made right here in the United States? Me too. And at the top of my list is MyPillow. I recently learned that MyPillow is so much more than pillows. And in fact, Jay and I decided to try out the MyPillow mattress and we love it. You guys, check it out because with my special promo code, you can get up to 66% off all MyPillow products. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-447-0541 and use promo code Heidi to take advantage of Mike Lindell's special offer for the Heidi St. John podcast listeners. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Heidi, or call 1-800-447-0541. Mm. Yeah. And it, 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 in some respects, I, you're, you're hundred percent right. And in some respects, I think the parents that are looking at this, because it's interesting to see, uh, the comments on it, you know, uh, 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 on this article, cause it's in the Epoch times. But as I'm watching this and looking at what my kids are doing now, there were so many moments, Kathy, when I just thought I'm doing this wrong. I'm screwing up my kids. I'm doing it wrong. I should be doing this. And, and instead I'm doing that. And to recognize that God gave us our children. And when he did that, he said, You've, I've already equipped you. And mm. you don't have to rush your kids. You know, and I guess some of us, I've, I have one friend. And I, this is also, I mean, we're talking about this article, but it, I mean, these people are one in a million, right? I yes. mean, or one in 10 million. This is very, very rare, which is, of course, why People Magazine pick, picked it up in the Epic Times also. But the fact is, when we have our children and we're raising them, when my kids look back and talk about their childhood, the things that we talk about, they're hardly ever academic pursuits. They're the times we sat around the campfire when we were in the motorhome or or that's what we remember. Those are the things that relationships are made from. And if you teach your kids the basics uh, and you teach them to the pursuit of wisdom and we start trying to fold our – which you and I have talked about many times. We want to fold your kids where they're bent. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. those gifts and talents begin to emerge. Right. Chatty Cathy as a child, uh, you know, theater because there was time for that. Um, my grandfather, mayor of my city, as you know, so growing up watching words being used well, and what am I doing today? Using words well, I pray, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and all because there was a childhood and I was known and I was wanted then I didn't have to perform and grow up and become someone to be appreciated. And that's, I think that's Mm -hmm. really important. So I don't, I don't want to not get to the eight points, but I wanted to point that out that I I think, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's, it's important. I'm glad we're talking about it. It's so important. Actually, you know what? I'm looking at these, Kathy, and they're they're actually good. You know, here's your, your tips for people interested in homeschooling. Let your kids study what interests them. You know, ding, mm-hmm. ding, ding. You, we agree. Right. Uh, allow them to skip the boring stuff. I don't know, man. I, I do have my kids do boring things. Well, a lot of a lot of things are learned when we're bored. I mean, math facts are boring <laughs> and phonics rules are boring. And, you know, the order of events for the cause of a world war might appear to be boring in the moment. But again, yeah. that that's information that they probably need going forward. So maybe I, they're I talking about repetition. Maybe I mean, maybe they're talking mm-hmm. about like don't give them busy work if they don't need mm-hmm. it. I mean, I would agree, right? If we're right. talking about busy work, right? Uh, Good point. I would agree. Spend your energy making learning as fun as possible. Totally agree. And I I may have failed at that, Kathy. I'm not the most fun homeschool teacher. I don't. You know, think I, I was. well, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I, I would say this, Heidi. I think learning. I think fun is beneficial. I like to say that school should be enjoyable. It's not a parent's job mm-hmm. to make it fun. And one of the reasons I say that is if we set kids up to think that every day is fun, they will right. be disappointed and they will be angry because it's not fun to clean the toilet and it's not fun to practice your math facts. And when you get finished with your childhood, there's a lot of days that won't be fun. And so 
I think, you know, one of the roles that you have as moms and dads is to prepare kids for life. You know, school yeah. is not where they exist. They exist for life and school can point them in the right direction there. So I, I would be mm. cautious of that as well. A little bit of fun goes a long way. I don't think it yeah. should be our goal because uh, I think then it maybe becomes a circus when it ought not be. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What do you think about this? Uh, don't be afraid to let your kids skip ahead through grade levels. What, what say you, Dr. Kathy? I don't think I don't think it's necessary. You know, one of the advantages of homeschooling for sure is I don't care what grade you're in, and it's not important right. if you're, you know, if you if you have dyslexia and you're in seventh grade and you're doing fifth grade reading, praise God, it's better than fourth grade. And so, you know, we don't need to worry about siblings being ahead and behind and all that kind of thing. Um, and again, I would say, what's the hurry? Um, childhood mm-hmm. is a season God ordained it. Quite frankly. As you said earlier, there are years and years and years when we get to be adults and pay the bills mm-hmm. and do that, mm-hmm. you know, do the labor. And so um, I don't, but if they're bored, like you, like you said a minute ago, if they already know something, you know, repetitively going through it is going to bore them and they may then disregard education. They may feel that it's unnecessary. They may become prideful. And so I do think that a parent's role is to be alert and to certainly yeah, skip yeah you know, skip units. And, you know, I, I told people, even when I was a college professor telling people how to teach children how to read, I would say, if there's a boring story, skip it. Yeah. Why would you have your kids read a boring story that's going to make them hate reading? Skip it. Right. And if some kid goes, we skipped a story, you can say, yes, we did. And if you want to read yes, it, we did. Own, you, can. you know, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's common sense. Know your children well enough to skip certain things. I'm not sure about yeah. whole grade level also, because I think you would agree, but do you agree that they're not necessarily going to be able to skip ahead in every academic discipline? They might be advanced in math and scientific reasoning, but not necessarily in creative writing or spelling. And so, again, to think that you can skip a whole grade is maybe a misnomer. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I I don't know, as as the years have gone by, one of the, the best pieces of, of advice I ever received as a mother, I was a very young mom, uh, our daughter, Savannah, she's our oldest. You know her, Kathy. She's yes. in her 30s now. And really bright girl. I mean, she's always been an eager learner. She's She was very, very easy to homeschool because she has an easy personality. But when she was in school, so she went to a private Christian school for kindergarten. She was the youngest, one of the youngest in her class because her birthday is the end of September. And my best friend, Margaret, her daughter, Jessica, we wanted to put him in class at the same time. I thought, Savannah's got the aptitude for this. We can totally do it. I was so excited to put her in kindergarten. At the end of the year... Uh, the high school or the the elementary school principal approached me and he said, Heidi, I've got a suggestion I would like you and your husband to consider. He said, Savannah did very, very well in school, which I knew that because I could see her work and whatever. And he said, but he said, I would just encourage you if you have the opportunity. He said, emotionally, she's not, she was behind a little bit. He said, I would so much rather that she repeated kindergarten and graduated as one of the oldest in her class than one of the youngest. He said, you'll never get that year back on the other end. And basically, we'd put her in a year. So she was probably, she was for sure the youngest in her class. And I'll tell you what, Kathy, I was like, what are you saying? My kid's not smart. Are you saying, you know, I'm all offended. Like, she's a genius, you know. And uh, But what he was saying, and actually at the end, after my husband and I prayed about it, we did have her. Uh, do another year of kindergarten. We did it at another little private Christian school and we had kind of switched up what we were doing. And this is, you know, of course, before we ended up ultimately deciding to homeschool our kids. But I'm so glad that we made that decision because you know what we got with her, Kathy? We got another year. Yeah. We got another year. It was another year before she went away to college. It was another year. And, you know, Savannah went away to college, met her husband, Ryan, and got married the next year. And I I think in, in so many ways, the culture says rush through childhood. 
you know, hurry up and get to the thing that you're that you're supposed to be doing. When I want my kids to feel like they got a lot of bang for their childhood buck, and I think that is what grieves me the most about this rush, because we see this in the schools right now. We're teaching kids. Uh, you and I have had this conversation: comprehensive sex education, the things that we're teaching, the topics we're covering with our kids, treating them as much older than they are, and they're missing out on a season of innocence and a season of joy that they really will never get back. Totally true, and, and interesting. Barnard research suggests that today's graduating children will have seven careers in their lifetime. Not seven jobs, but seven different careers. careers. Now, there might be some overlap among them, you know, a landscape architect and a horticulturist or something, but but seven careers. And so, again, one of my fears would be assuming that your eight-year-old is absolutely destined for this and going to be engaged in that the whole time. And so if the if the path of learning is so narrow, everything is about being a rocket scientist, what yeah. happens if he's 22 and there's no joy there anymore and he just discovers a passion about something, but yet doesn't have you know, a skill set or a bank of knowledge to depend upon. So I think that's another reason for an eclectic childhood and frankly, an eclectic opportunity to learn a, a variety of things, expose them yeah. to as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I guess uh, I want to wrap this up and come back uh, tomorrow because there's another topic I really want to discuss with you that I think parents are really going to benefit from. But as you encounter particularly uh, homeschool kids now and you're seeing, you know, the pressure that's out there because now there's homeschooling is exploding, right, all over mm. the country and even around the world. Uh, we want parents to know that they can do it, and this kind of this added pressure of, you know, your kid has to excel. The homeschool movement's already been here. We already went through this. I don't want to go back to that. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, you know, sit in your PJs and read a good book, you know, and and write a letter to grandma and, and write a creative story and submit it to the library contest, you know. If you want to go to the library, that's not necessarily wise in some communities, but, um, you know, don't go in Portland, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know, reading, reading arithmetic, um, writing, you know, the basics and time for kids to be and time for kids to explore and, you know, to build a castle out of Legos to go along with the princess fairy book that the seven year old read. I mean, there's so many opportunities and for the joy to be there. I think you and I are both committed to the joy and to the family bonding and to the unit and kids they can burn out just like a young athlete can have Tommy John surgery at a young age and can ruin the whole career because they're showing, they're throwing way too many pitches as a 10, 11, 12 year old. We can burn these kids out. And that's not what mm-hmm. homeschooling is about. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be able to slow down and, and engage and enjoy that. That's, that's why I sent this to you. I was just passionately concerned that we don't want young, new homeschoolers to read this and think that this is all you can do with bright kids. There's much you can mm-hmm. do with bright kids to get them to still stay bright and engaged in life. Mm-hmm. And then have a childhood. One of the things that you said to me long time ago, and I, I love this because I think it reflects your heart so much, is that when you come to uh, somebody's house and they have children, you expect to see toys everywhere. Yes. You're like, I, right? Isn't that, is, did I misquote you? I think that's about the gist of it. Yeah. If, if, they, if children live there, it should look like it's their house too. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they don't feel as welcome and safe. So if I come over, I want to see a sippy cup. And I want to see a jigsaw puzzle and I want to see some toys in the corner. Absolutely. You, no. It, otherwise, they don't feel like it's their place where they can be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just goes back to treasuring the heart of these kids. And, and there's so much going on. Home is a safe place. I was, I just keep trying to picture my my grandson is eight years old. I'm just trying to picture Noah studying for the SAT. <laughs> studying for, no. Get over here, Noah. <laughs> what's the square root of 42? You know, can you even do that? I don't even know. So yeah. uh, it's just, I love your heart for shepherding families and your particular bent to loving children. That's what you guys do at Celebrate Kids. Before we leave today, tell everybody where they can find you online. Oh, sweet. 
Uh, CelebrateKids.com. We still have our old website. We will have a new website in about two weeks. We're excited about that. But CelebrateKids.com, of course, we're all over social media. And our podcast is encouraged with, or no, we're, we're renaming it um, Celebrate Kids with Dr. Kathy. We're going back to the original name of our podcast, Celebrate Kids with Dr. Kathy. So thank you, Heidi. Love what you're doing. Love what you stand for. Glad to be here. Well, we're going to come back tomorrow and you and I are going to pick up the topic of teaching kids how to be discerning. And we're going to pick apart an article that you sent me, which I thought so fascinating because it was it's incredibly misleading. And you can see what's happening when all we do is get to the headline or don't get past the fold of the newspaper, kind of teaching our kids how to be discerning. So come back tomorrow and let's pick it up uh, on that topic. And uh, hopefully it's going to be an encouragement to the parents who are listening. Thank you so much, Dr. Kathy. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. You guys want more information on my friend, Dr. Kathy, and her ministry to families, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. I will link back to all things Dr. Kathy Cook in the show notes today. And I'm going to link back to this article so that you can read it also. Probably it's good enough for you to read for yourself. And it might be a good thing for you to talk about with your husband and even your kids because it's really never too late to say, what do you like to do? I did like that. I know Kathy encourages that. These kids come hardwired with a purpose, which is one of the reasons I love Celebrate Kids so much. And I hope you guys will check out Dr. Kathy's ministry to families and i'll link back to that in the show notes today thank you for listening everybody and i will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture for more encouragement visit me online at momstronginternational.com